Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. If I haven't had the privilege uh, to meet you, I, my name is Oscar. I uh, am blessed to be part of the team here and uh, serve as the youth pastor as well as the Espanol pastor. So before we get into the word, word I actually want to go ahead and give you a quick update about uh, these two things that I, I think ha- has been really awesome and God has been doing some great things. So... Three weeks ago, we went ahead and started our English classes here in the sanctuary, and here's a picture of it, of of the second week. Uh, So our second week, we had eight students, and out of those eight students, six different countries, five different countries were represented. So that's awesome, five different Spanish-speaking countries. And then our second, uh, our third week, we had a total of seven students, all three of them being repetitive, so four new students and another country. So in the, uh, since we started our English classes, <clears throat> we've had a total of 12 students with six different Spanish-speaking countries represented. So that's awesome. So we're super excited. We don't uh, we believe that God is not a God of coincidence. He's been bringing them. And honestly, with all honesty, we don't know where they're coming from. They just heard uh, from the English classes somewhere. Like some of them, we might have talked to them. But honestly, they've just heard it somewhere and they arrived. God is bringing them. And they're also coming with a lot of need. We've been able to minister in these past weeks to people in Spanish after our English classes. Um, so they're ready. They're, there's hunger. Uh, and so all of this to say that with our English classes happening and people showing there's an urgency for a Spanish-speaking congregation in the area. So with that being said, we're starting our Spanish gatherings on Thursday night, starting this week, August 4th. So I'm super excited about it. We'll be able to provide a place where Spanish speakers come and honestly find Jesus and find sometimes what they're looking for. A lot of them are are lonely in this country because they're away from um, people that speak their language. So uh, we're so excited. Um, And also, with that being said, I have a super exciting announcement for you. We have on August 13th, 13th, our Taco Night Fundraiser. So... This is your official invitation. Do not think this is just for Spanish speakers. You are invited to our taco night. We're doing it as a fundraiser so we can raise some funds to continue serving the Latino community in the area. But don't worry, you can, we're not going to put a price to the tacos so you can have as many as you like. And we just ask for a donation. Uh, but come, come, we're going to have plenty of tacos. We're already talking about how we're going to park you, how we're going to have enough food. It's going to be at my parents' house, which these are my parents up in the screen. Um, so there's some um, little flyers out in the welcome table. You can get it so you can make sure you have the address. So put it on your calendar. Let one of the Espanol team members know that you'll be there so we can uh, make sure we wait for you. Um, and also next Sunday, August 7th, can you believe it? Tomorrow's already August. Uh, we launch our weekly youth gatherings on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. 
So next Sunday, it's going to be a meet the youth pastor night for all parents, both mom and dad. So we're, if, for those that have siblings, we're going to have child care for the uh, siblings that are non-youth. And we're going to have, I'm going to be able to share my heart with the parents so, uh, around youth ministry as well as be able to give you an insight and a look at the future and the next six months of youth ministry and how it's going to look like. So I hope uh, that all parents and youth can join us next week. And then from there on, we'll have weekly gatherings every Sunday night here in this building at 5 p.m. So uh, let's get into the word. Uh, there's, this is a word that has been in my heart for about six months. Um, so when Pastor Nathan asked me to preach, I knew exactly what I wanted to share today. So um, if you have your uh, Bibles or your phone, you can follow me uh, to Psalm 78, and we're going to do verses 1 through 7. They will also be on the screen so you, uh, so you can follow along with me. And it says, O oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Obey, open your ears to what I am saying. For I speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories we will have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. Verse 4. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. About his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born. Um, and, they turn, and they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you because you've been faithful through ages, Lord. You've been faithful, Lord, through generations. Lord, today I have done everything humanly possible to prepare this message, Lord. But now it's your turn. Holy Spirit, take all control from here on. These are your people, Lord. So speak to their hearts and their minds today, Lord. I'm just a vessel that wants to be used by you, Lord. That's all I am. I don't want my words uh, <clears throat> to, to share my words, but I want to share what's in your heart, the heart of the Father, Lord, the, the God of generations, Lord, that today we, we together as a congregation can understand that you are a God of generations. You've been good in the past. You continue to be good, and you're good forever, Lord. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. So I have a question for you guys. You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, but who are more of an optimist kind of person and see their cup half full, okay? So a few of you, okay? And who is more like me, which I wouldn't say I'm a pessimist. I would say I'm a little bit more of a realist. That's how I like to determine it. And we see the cup half empty. Okay, this is where people don't raise their hand, but I see one or two, three. Okay, good. See, those are my people, four, okay? I, those are my people. It's not really that I think it's half empty. I just see that there's some opportunity for more, you know? And I want that more. I want, like, everything. I want it all, you know? Uh, so that's how kind of I end up seeing it. It's not, I, I don't tend to see, you know, oh, I'm going to be a pessimist, but maybe. Something I might have to work on. Uh, but that's how I see it, you know? So last month, I wanted to buy some shoes. And the specific shoes that I wanted were not available in my size from the store I wanted them from. But I found this website where people are able to buy and sell shoes from. Okay? 
And I was looking through the reviews. How many of you know reviews are important, right? We don't buy something or go to a restaurant without first checking the reviews, right? So I was looking through the reviews, uh, and there were some bad reviews. There were some bad reviews, and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know if I'm going to buy these shoes because it, it's just tough. Like, I've never bought shoes, I, you know, from this website, oh, these bad reviews. So I asked my brother his opinion, and he tends to be the more, you know, half fool kind of guy. Uh, so I asked him, and he uh, ended up responding and said, Oscar, there will always be bad reviews. So as he said that, I started to meditate on it and see how truth how much truth there was to it, right? As I was meditating and sitting on it, I thought, man, that is true. There's always bad reviews. Bad reviews for everything. And sadly, even bad reviews sometimes for God himself. In all honesty, these shoes that I were, that was about uh, to buy from this website was 80% good reviews, and there was only 20% of bad reviews. So I was focusing so much on these bad reviews from this one guy, and I don't know where he lived, that didn't get the shoes how he wanted them, that they were kind of dirty. So I was focusing so much on this 20% of bad reviews that I almost missed out on this 80% of good reviews and not buy the shoes that I wanted. Um, from this website just because I was so full of this 20% of bad reviews. I ended up buying the shoes. They came in the mail. They were great. They were new. They were perfect, just like I had seen them. So I almost missed out on buying these shoes because I was stuck on this 20% of bad reviews. And as I was preparing for today's message, this came to mind And I believe that sometimes society or even ourselves can tend to treat God like this. We allow bad reviews from others to dominate our thought about God. And we can sometimes forget about the goodness of God. Many people today have allowed the bad reviews to be louder than the true goodness of God. For whatever reason, there's been bad reviews about God. Every person has their own. And sometimes, many times, they want to share those bad reviews and you to be part of those. But we need to make sure that our good reviews about God are louder. And I don't know where you are today, but maybe today you're coming into this place. And you're more on the 20% side. Where I'm like, man, like, you know, I trust God, yes, but, you know, lately, like... I feel like I'm leaning towards just hearing these bad reviews. You know, I, my, my life is not where I want it to be. God hasn't come through, and it, I'm just struggling right now. Right now, it seems like everything around you is a bad review. But I'm here to remind you today that God has been good in the past. He is good today, and he will be good forever. His faithfulness endures forever because he is the God of generations. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So point number one, if you're taking notes, is God is the God of generations. His goodness is everlasting from generation to generation. In scripture, when we see that God introduces himself Almost all the time, we see him introduce himself as, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He doesn't just come to people and introduce himself as, I am the God of Abraham. You know, he comes and he says, I am the God of Abraham and his son Isaac and Isaac's son Jacob. 
He is not the just the God of Abraham. He is the God of generations. And I'm here to remind you about the goodness of God. It was God's plan since the beginning that he will be faithful always throughout generations. In the Old Testament, uh, we see in Deuteronomy chapter 7 that he gives a promise to the Israelites. It's, it, the promise says, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of the peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to, his father, to your fathers, that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the house of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, know therefore, that the Lord your God is God, um, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God. So this is where he's telling the Israelites, the faithful God who keeps Covenant and a steadfast love with those who love it and keeps his commandments to a thousand generations. So that promise that we just read, that promise of I'm going to keep your commands, the promises that I made to your fathers, the commandments. He is saying, I'm the God that is faithful. I'm God, that the faithful one. That my plan is to be faithful to to. Uh, and keep his commandments throughout to a thousand generations. Keep his promises to a thousand generations. So I don't know about you, but that's a beautiful thing. Uh, because his love endures from generation to generation. It was his plan since the beginning of time to be a God that is faithful for a thousand generations. And like I said at the beginning, maybe you're struggling today. So let me remind you who God is, who the faithful God is. Let me remind you who the God that we serve is. Let me remind you of the God of generations. He is the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generation. He is the God that uh, will keep his covenant today. He is the same God that you can trust to keep his promises in your life. He is the God of Moses, the one who opened the ocean. He is the same God today and could do the same thing for you. He is rock of ages, the rock of ages, whose faithfulness we can stand on. He is the God of Mary, the mother of Jesus, whose favor rests upon the lowly. Who can tr we can trust him that with him all things are possible. He is the God of David, who made a shepherd more courageous. He is the same God that will go before you to defeat the giants that you are facing. He is the same God that hurt his children in the past and will continue to do it. The God that answered prayers in the past and will continue to hear your prayer today. He is the God that moved with power in the past and will continue to move with power today. But he, let me tell you, he's not only the God of these Bible characters. He's the God of my parents. The God that provided a house for them in a state here in Tennessee that they did not know. The one who provided everything they needed. The God that has called them to serve. He is the God of my grandparents. That even my grandmother, my dad's mom, that is a single elderly woman, has her own place to live at. 
He's the God of my grandparents, my mother's parents, that they have a fully paid off home in a country they didn't imagine themselves being in. He is the God of my great grandmother, who every time she saw me, she would always call me her pastorcito or her little pastor. And God was faithful to hear her prayer then. And now I stand before you, not as a little pastor, but as a pastor, uh, because he was faithful to my great-grandmother. Um, when my, my, grandmother, my grandmother, great-grandmother didn't get to see me get my credentials as a pastor. She didn't get to see me become a pastor. But he was faithful to her for, for her prayers. And I'm sure that she prayed for me, because let me tell you why. Back in the day when I was a kid, um, it was when you would go to Jesse Penny and get those portraits done. So one of those times, my um, parents um, dressed me in this full suit and tie. So I guess I did look like a little pastor. Full on suit and tie, took pictures of me and then, you know, passed them around. And they gave one to my great-grandmother. And when she passed away in Mexico, we went to her house and she had my picture right there on her refrigerator. She has a lot of grandkids and great-grandkids, a lot. So for me to be on the fridge was a big deal because she didn't have every great-grandchild or every grandchild on her fridge. She had very few pictures, and I was one of them, you know? So I know that she prayed for me every time she saw that picture because she had me on her fridge and I can't imagine my great-grandmother not opening her fridge and say, and blessing my life. And today, I'm an answer to those prayers that she prayed. And even though she didn't get to see it happen in her lifetime, God continues to be faithful. He is still the God of my great-grandmother, and I get to reap that faithfulness. However, many times we tend to forget God's goodness, or we allow for bad reviews to be louder in our lives. In order to keep this from happening, we must remember God's goodness. There's actually plenty of times in the Bible that God commands the people of Israel to remember. And one of my favorite times is in the book of Joshua. This was after Moses had, you know, had passed. This was Joshua taking the command. And they were going towards the promised land. But there was still this river called the Jordan River that they needed to cross to get to the promised land. And Joshua chapter 4 verses 5 and 6 says, Go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all. One for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. So I have this Bible right here. And the reason why I love this Bible is because it doesn't have Genesis. No, I'm just, it doesn't have Genesis, but that's not why I love it. Okay, that would be, I would, that would be, I would be in trouble. But the reason why I love this Bible is because this was my mom's very first Bible she bought when she met the Lord almost 30 years ago. This was her very first Bible. And throughout her time using it, I remember as a kid, I, um, I, I was younger, maybe not a kid, maybe a little older, a teenager, and I got this, because this Bible's been in my house since I've been alive, you know? It's been around, and I'm 27 years old. 
So it's been around a while, okay? And I remember one time opening it, and it already didn't have Genesis. And I'm like, Mom, why doesn't your Bible have Genesis? And she would still take it to church. I was like, Mom, how about if the pastor preaches from Genesis 1? You can't read it, you know? Oh. Uh, so she's like, oh, well, that was my very first Bible, and I'm not getting rid of it, you know? She's like, that's the Bible I went to buy when I first fell in love with God. Um, and just because it, uh, of the times that she used it, and she would take it with her on her women's retreats and everything, like, it just started to, to get old, you know? And, and that, that's the reason why Genesis is not there. But as I, this morning, as I was looking through this Bible, I see her highlights in here. I see uh, moments that she makes little notes or she uh, emphasizes scripture. And I was saying, well, what, the, what, ha, what has my mom been through? How many tears have been shed throughout reading this Bible? So that, and, and, and what I want is that when my, I have kids that they're able to say and look at this Bible and say, hey, grandma, why doesn't your Bible have Genesis? And that would be the perfect opportunity for my mom to say, oh, let me tell you about God's goodness. Let me tell you why it doesn't have Genesis. Let me tell you what God has told me when I was reading the scripture. Let me tell you what God has told me while I was shedding tears reading this Bible. And it's pretty old because earlier um, I was trying to find a page and I kind of, um, like I ripped it a little bit. Um, so it's kind of old. Like the pages are getting very thin. Um, and, and there's a lot of highlights in here. So what, what do I want to say this, with this? That we must remember God's goodness in our lives. We, you must remember, point two, God's goodness and faithfulness in your own life. And how can we do this? Let's build a memorial of God's faithfulness so we never forget so I don't know, you might not have a Bible that doesn't have Genesis in it. I don't know what it is for you, but you have something that demonstrates the goodness of God. And just like in the scripture that we read it in, with Joshua, God commanded a memorial to be built to be so he, the people of Israel could remember. But what I found interesting is that he didn't say, go grab stones and build a memorial. He said, go grab stones and put it, put it on your shoulder. You know why? You know why I think he said that? Because he didn't want some small stones. He didn't want just any stones. He wanted the people of Israel to pick out a huge stone where they could place down and say, God has been good. And he has been faithful. And that's what we have to start. I have 12 stones here. What are your, I, I, I challenge you to remember 12 things have, that God has done to you. God has been faithful in my life. God, I have seen God provide for my parents a house. He has been faithful. I have seen God, I, my mom, after her eight years of not being able to have kids after me, my brother finally was born. I, that's God's faithfulness. I don't know about you, but I've seen God heal cancer. And I'm going to go ahead and build that memorial. Oh, I don't know about you, but man, he passed me through school. And you know what? That's a miracle because it was tough. You know? So that's God's faithfulness. There. I've seen my, God's faithfulness in my grandparents' life as becoming a pastor. And hit her, my grandma's prayers coming to life. I've seen God's faithfulness in Steve Kutz's life. And I'll take this one because he's my brother in Christ and I can rejoice with him and say, he had a heart attack, but God, 
God was there. God provided. He's been faithful, you know. And I don't know about you, but man, God provided me a job when I was jobless in Tennessee away from my parents. I had no idea what I was going to do. And he provided you know, I don't know about you, but I've seen God in my family. You know, when things were about to seem like my parents probably weren't going to make it. I heard, like, you see, as a child, hearing them probably uh, in their, having their arguments of a young, newlywed couple. He's been faithful. 20 years of marriage, 28 years of marriage of my parents. He's been faithful. He's been faithful with my grandparents, that they are still living and still can call them and say, you know what, God has been faithful in your life. God has been faithful with the youth at youth camp that I saw God move. You know what? Glory to God for what God did at youth camp. I will continue to share his goodness. I don't know about you, but I've seen God's goodness in my life through a church, finding a church family at Grace Land. Because that itself was a miracle. Because my plans weren't his plans. I wasn't planning to be here. This was not my plan when I moved from Arizona. But he was faithful. And I will build a memorial to show God's goodness. So I want to challenge you that as you go home, what are 12 things you and your family can speak on? That God has been faithful. And trust me, as you start building your list, it's going to be more than 12 things. God has been faithful. He is a faithful God. But the story doesn't end there. We actually see a very sad part in Scripture that I believe is one of the most sad Scriptures in the entire Bible. And it says, Judges, in Judges chapter 2, verses 7 through 10. And the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him, those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. Then we'll jump to verse 10. And it says, after that generation died, so Joshua's generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. So I asked myself with this verse, why? Why was there a generation that didn't know that the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, that they crossed the Jordan? The memorial was there. And memorials serve and are good uh, uh, things to have in place to provoke questions. So you came into service today, and you were wondering what those stones were going to be all about, right? But there was a memorial in Israel that no one asked, why are those stones there? But also, not only questions were not provoked, but also they weren't told. They weren't told of the wondrous wondrous deeds of God. How did a whole generation not acknowledge God or his wondrous deeds if there was a memorial in front of them? It's not just about building memorials. We must also, point three, tell the coming generation of the glorious deeds of the Lord. A memorial served to provoke questions. When there are no questions provoked, you tell them 
of the goodness of God. When my mom doesn't get questions from her grandchildren one day of why her Bible doesn't have Genesis, that she pulls out her Bible and says, let me show you something. Look at that. It doesn't have Genesis. And tell them about the glorious deeds of God. That people are able to take uh, uh, take your kids to this memorial you've built of 12 stones and say, you know, you see these 12 stones? This is what God did in our life. As parents and grandparents... We must not assume that our child will come to know God simply because we know God. We must be intentional in our efforts to help our child understand who God is and why we must receive him as Christ our Savior. This truth is truly taught throughout Scripture. And again, going back to Psalm 78, it says we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Many times in youth ministry, I've seen parents make a mistake that they assume that their child, their children will naturally come to know God. We all know that that's not always the case. Sometimes even in a home where the Bible is loved and taught, children do not come to know God. So we must be intentional to share about the goodness of God. Not only do parents and grandparents have influence, but teachers, coaches, and others, and you have influence into the next generation. You have influence into the next generation. You will see them and not only to the next generation to the person next to you that might be struggling to see God's goodness today this is a command to everybody that we all must be 10 out of 10 reviews for God that we must live our lives sharing the goodness of God to others especially the next generation in today's society the influence of society could be louder than the goodness of God and I'm here to to tell you that God's goodness is, he is still faithful and it's God's goodness is still going. Each generation should place their hope in God. That's you, each generation. This is not just a message for an older generation because there's a command, there's a command to everyone because there's always a next generation coming after you. Psalm 78 says, even the unborn children will know a God's glorious thing. And so that, Guess who that includes? Everyone in this place. Because even the unborn children that will one day walk through Graceland will need to know of God's glorious deeds. So this is a command to everybody, not just to parents, to grandparents. This is a command to me. I want to reflect God's goodness. I want my life to reflect God's goodness. I want my life to be a 10 out of 10 review for God every time, every time. And maybe someone else next to you needs to hear God's goodness from you. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And I want to conclude with this. The elementary kids in Studio G have been learning some important lessons this past month in their series called Family Farm. They've been uh, learning to plant different seeds in their family uh, to, in order to reap strong and healthy families. So some of those seeds include seeds of faith, so they can have faith, seeds of forgiveness, commitment, obedience, and some others. We've been teaching the kids that if you plant this, your family will want to be like you. You know, you will reap a harvest of strong and healthy families. And trust me that these kids want strong and healthy families. But when I had the opportunity to teach the kids last week, and I was there, um, I, I came to mind my grandpa. 
when he was here in Tennessee. He was here about for like two months, maybe a little more. Um, and he really likes to work. He likes to stay busy. Um, so he started this garden in our house. Uh, and he started on his own. He was real, super happy. Here's the, the picture of the garden. Okay, so he put all, all those. Now it looks a little different because we've harvested some and some of the flowers aren't fully bloomed. But um, we, we, he built that. He, built, he put the wood on the ground, you know, uh, the wood on the sides. He, he was out there, like, digging and making sure it had enough um, uh, dirt, you know, the good kind. And he was putting sticks. And he was doing it with so much joy. And I was thinking that he already knew as he was doing this, he, would, he knew he was not going to be in Tennessee to reap the harvest. He knew that because he was going to be gone. You know, he wasn't going to have enough time. And I was sitting around the table the other day with my family, and we were eating the tomatoes from the harvest. So here are the tomatoes. They look really good. They were really delicious. Next, here, here, are, the, here are the tomatoes not fully bloomed, you know. And then next, um, he also planted some chili peppers, the next one. You know, I think that's it. Um, so, so he, this is what we reap. This is what we reap from the harvest, right? And my parents and my brother have been so happy going to check if there's tomatoes ready, if there's peppers ready. You know, so happy. Even my mom called my grandpa, and he was rejoicing over the harvest. But he didn't get to have it. He didn't get to partake of the harvest of his work that he put together. But... Little does he know that this garden will continue to reap every harvest every year because of the work that he put in and joyfully put in, even knowing that he wasn't going to be there to taste these tomatoes. Maybe one day he will, but he didn't know that. He doesn't know if he's going to be able to taste these tomatoes. At least those tomatoes that he planted first, he didn't taste. He knew that. But he did it with so much joy. And let me tell you something. He's not a Christian. And you know what? He still did it with joy. And now he's part of my sermon illustration. And let me tell you, I'm not going to allow for his bad reviews that he's had in his life about God to say God's not faithful because my grandpa doesn't serve the Lord. No. God has still been faithful. And he will continue to be faithful. And I know one day he will see that. He will grasp God's goodness one day and he will say that God is good and in the meantime I want to continue to be a 10 out of 10 good review for him for his life because he needs to know of God's goodness he is still a generation that needs to know how good God is you know what I will continue to live my life with I'm trusting in God's goodness and God's faithfulness. And he doesn't know that one day he will see he will reach heaven. I believe it with all my heart. And he will look back and he will say, though he will look back at the people that he touched by his gentleness, by his, by his joy. And one day I'm gonna say, Grandpa, you remember those tomatoes that you planted that you knew you weren't gonna harvest? Well. You were part of my sermon illustration. And it spoke to me because he did it with so much joy without knowing. So I'm here to tell you, continue to serve the Lord joyfully.
Continue trusting in him. Even if all things don't seem like they're supposed to be, continue serving because there is a generation that is looking at you and how you do it and how do you serve the Lord. And your life needs to be a 10 out of 10 review for God. We cannot allow these bad reviews to fill the minds of our young people. God is a God of generation. And let me tell you something. Just like my great-grandmother didn't see me become a great a pastor, but now I'm reaping that harvest of her prayer, there will be a harvest. There will be a harvest for your prayers. There will be a harvest for you sharing the goodness of God. Because you know what? Because God is faithful throughout generations. He is faithful through to the unborn. So those children, your grandchildren, you might not even be thinking of your grandchildren because your children are young. But trust me, if you start today, your children, your grandchildren, and their children, and their children will know God's goodness because of you, because of your joy. And this is for everybody. Even if you don't have any kids yet, it's for me. I want my kids to walk through grace on one day in confidence, knowing of God's goodness. Because it starts with me now. I want to be a 10 out of 10 review for everyone in this room. But I'm going to start now because I want my kids to know God. And even though I don't see them yet, I will make sure that my life reflects because there will be a harvest that you will reap. So I don't know, you've been praying for someone. Trust me, you will reap your harvest. Keep serving the Lord. Keep loving the Lord. Keep sharing of God's goodness. Because even though if you don't see it soon, there's a harvest coming. There's a harvest coming. So I'm going to pray for you. We're going to respond and we're going to sing a song right now. But I want to pray for you and I want to bless you. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to bless your children now. Taking advantage that it's Family Sunday, that you have your kids here with you. I'm going to give you that opportunity. But Lord, I don't know how people are in this room. Maybe they're tired, Lord. I think there are some people here that are tired. And honestly, some people that might not want to serve you joyfully, Lord, today. There's, I think there's some people in this place, Lord, that they know you're good. But it's just hard to talk about your goodness because things around them aren't really that good. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit encounters them today and embraces them and, and tells them that you're good. And not only that, but that it's worth it, that there's a harvest coming. That is, if they continue to share and they continue to serve you joyfully, there's a harvest coming. They might not be able to see it soon, but they will see it. I believe it. Lord, I pray for the next generation, Lord, that they will know you, God, as their own God and not just the God of the parents. Lord, I pray that the unborn children yet to be born will know God's glorious deeds, Lord. I pray that my kids will know your glorious deeds because I'm living a 10 out of 10 review life for you, Lord. 
I pray my grandchildren that I don't even see because I don't have kids yet will see your goodness in my life, Lord. Lord, and I pray that today we're reminded with each other, Lord, with the hugs that we embrace each other with as we leave this place, Lord, with the encouraging words that we talk to one another, Lord. I pray that we're reminded about God's goodness. I pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity since it's family Sunday and some of your kids might be in here. Take the opportunity to bless your children. We're going to sing this song, The Blessing. Maybe you don't know what to pray for your children. Use this song and pray it as a prayer for your children. But I want to encourage you something. Let your children hear your prayer for them with your audible voice. Let, let your children hear that blessing that you're blessing them. There's some people that never heard their parents bless them in their life. And if that's you today, we have a prayer team here ready to pray with you. Let us bless you. If your dad has never said, son, I bless you. May the favor of God be upon you. We have someone here today that wants to play that blessing over you today. If that's you, you, you just come. You, some of our worship, our prayer team is going to be walking around. Some of them will be up here. You come to them and let us bless you. Let us play, pray a blessing upon you because God is good. And let your children hear that you bless them today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till you get home. Do it right now. So I'm going to ask everybody just to stand on their feet. We're going to start singing this song. And I'm going to let you pray for your kids. And you bless your kids audibly. The prayer team is going to be ready around. And if you want to be that person that wants to be blessed today, maybe your parents never blessed you, you can come and seek one of our prayer uh, team. If your, if your kids are in the nursery and preschool, but you're here, pray for them here. Your prayers will reach them. Amen. You're so good to us. You're so good. Lord, and I pray, Lord, if there's someone in this room that hasn't heard their parents say, I love you, haven't heard their parents say, I bless you, that today we could be the church that says, I bless you. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord be with you. May his faithful favor go before you. I bless your entrance and your exits. Mighty name of Jesus. I encourage you as you go home, share the goodness of God in your car when you get home and build a, a, a memorial of 12 stones and it'll be more. It was so awesome to share the word with you. I hope that uh, it, it ministered to you as much as it did to me. Um, let me pray this benediction for you and we'll be dismissed. As you go from here, remember this. God's love is from everlasting to everlasting. From generation to generation. Go out in the knowledge that the everlasting love of God goes with you. Amen. We love you guys. Have a great Sunday.